Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Nealand. Welcome back to my podcast. This is not about your body. Um, today I want to talk about the idea that I see sometimes uh, being debated, usually on social media, uh, around weight loss and whether or not all pursuit of weight loss or all weight loss in general um, is or should be considered fat phobic. And I want to kind of unpack this from a few different directions because it just, it's, I think it's one of those parts of the conversation around the anti-fat bias that really confuses people, ends up upsetting them, uh, kind of pushing them away from a more thoughtful place with regard to why people are saying what they're saying. Um, it makes people sound more extreme than I think it really is. So I want to just unpack that here. Um, if you've never come across this concept, I can just lay it out for you. Like people in the anti-diet space and in the body liberation space and in the fat acceptance space, those people are often inclined to say that weight loss is inherently fat phobic. You cannot um, try to lose weight Without upholding essentially what we could call thin supremacy, right? Without upholding the hierarchy in which smaller bodies are considered more valuable and um, good and worthy and bigger bodies are considered less so. And there absolutely is some truth in that. But I think because it tends to sound almost like an accusation, like if you're trying to lose weight, you are bad and fat phobic and oppressive, it is again, it has this sort of divisive quality that pushes people away from the, the thoughtfulness of the conversation. So what I will say is, um, first and foremost, we live in a culture that has a very strong implicit and explicit bias against fat bodies and toward thin bodies, meaning we, um, even when we're not aware of it, we pretty much all tend to have these biases that are proven over and over again, where we associate thin people with moral goodness, hard work, uh, strong character, um, you know, all sorts of positive attributes. And we associate people in uh, fat bodies with character flaws, uh, lack of discipline or willpower, um, being lazy, all of these negative attributes. And that bias informs everything. We can't even talk about the research being done around weight, bodies, health, like the science that people rely on to um, be objective really isn't objective because it is done by people with these anti-fat biases so deeply embedded in them because that is what our culture has conditioned them to, to be, to have. So we have to acknowledge that first and foremost, that we pretty much all have this bias unless you've done a lot of work on yourself, um, both explicitly and implicitly to unlearn these biases. And even then, they're still there. Um, I know that I have done an absolute ton of work to unlearn and reprogram all of this stuff, but I still run into layers because they're that deep, you know, and that's part of the process is even when you are a fat liberationalist as I am, you are always doing that work on yourself for a lifetime because that conditioning of the anti-fat bias is, it, it is never ending. You are always 
challenging it on deeper and deeper levels, confronting it in different spaces, like finding new layers and unpacking it because that is just what happens when we've all been conditioned towards certain biases. So, um, you know, the same is true in any other area. Of course, it's, it's true around um, white supremacy, for sure. It's true around patriarchy, like all this stuff. You can do a ton of work to unlearn what you've learned, but you will be unlearning for a lifetime. So just know that. And before we even get any further into this conversation, I would invite you just to like say to yourself, I, I hold an anti-fat bias. Because you do. Because even if you've unpacked a lot, it's still in us, right? And if you haven't unpacked a lot, it's really in you. And even if you're not aware of it, it's in you. So that is just a fact. Now, where we go from there is to understand that the pursuit of weight loss for most people in this culture with these biases is done not in pursuit of health, but in pursuit of status, power, privilege, um, basically social mobility, right? Climbing the, the social hierarchy, earning your way to the top of a social hierarchy that has fat people at the bottom and thin people at the top, people try to lose weight. So they, it's, it's social mobility. They try to climb the ladder, have more power and privilege and status, et cetera. Most people won't say that because, again, the bias is covered up. You don't need to say that because you can just say, I want to feel better in my clothes. You can just say, I prefer to look uh, better or I like when I look smaller or I just feel better in my body or you can say any number of things, right? But most people in this background of the anti-fat bias are pursuing weight loss with that bias being a major player. And with the um, implications of that bias, meaning the social privilege afforded to thinner people that is not afforded to fat people, and the marginalization and oppression that faces fat people, you can't divorce these topics. Like, of course, people want to lose weight so they don't get oppressed and marginalized. That doesn't mean they actually... Well, I mean, it means they want to be thin, sure, but like, it doesn't mean that that's an objective reason to lose weight. It just means that in our society, it's set up so that it is an understandable reason to want to lose weight, right? So that anti-fat bias plays a huge role in people's relationship with themselves, their weight, the information they take in about weight, um, the fitness and wellness and nutrition industries, uh, the clothing industries, the industries of people who make accessible seating for public venues, like all of these things play a role in why a person might want to lose weight or attempt to lose weight. So in that way, I would say, yeah, all pursuit of weight loss is upholding thin supremacy. It is upholding the idea that thin bodies are better, more desirable, more worthy, more good. And you can't uphold one half of a hierarchy without upholding the bottom. You can't have thin supremacy without having fat, uh, whatever the opposite of supremacy is, fat oppression. You can't have fat oppression without having thin supremacy and vice versa, right? Like these are, they, they make each other exist as a hierarchy. So people who are trying to lose weight are upholding this hierarchy, which means they are upholding thin supremacy, which means they are upholding the oppression of people in fat bodies. So yeah. I would say it's fat phobic to try to lose weight. Now, I don't think that means we need to be 
individually pointing the finger at people who are attempting to lose weight and saying they're bad people. In fact, you know, first of all, bodily autonomy for everybody. Like everyone should do whatever the heck they want with their bodies without judgment. But like there is a socio-political background that we have to talk about, which says that, yes, the pursuit of weight loss upholds a hierarchy that oppresses fat people. So it's fat phobic. Just like uh, conversion camps for gay folks upholds straight supremacy and therefore upholds the marginalization and oppression of gay people. So even if a person chooses, because for their own sake, they want to be straight, they choose to go to a conversion therapy, uh, turn me straight religious camp, uh, even if they choose that for themselves, it is still upholding an oppressive system. So I would still call it homophobic. Now, I'm not going to point at that gay person and be like, you're a bad gay person or like you are personally... Uh, responsible for this system, but I would say it's ridiculous not to include them when we talk about who upholds homophobia, right? So the same is true with the weight thing. I am not pointing at anyone and being like, you are the problem. I am holding you accountable. You are a bad person. I'm just saying, yeah, let's acknowledge that you are upholding a system of oppression with your choices. Now, we can do this with any system of oppression, really. I mean, if you think about, like, beauty ideals even, or, you know, the objectification of women, like, if a woman wants to dress super sexy and wear glam hair and makeup and nails and go high femme and, like, really put herself out there for the male gaze and get the attention of men, I'm not going to say to that woman, you are the problem. You are upholding patriarchy. My God. Like, I would not say to her... Uh, that she is a bad person or doing anything wrong. I, I understand completely why she might want to do that, just like I understand why a gay person might prefer to be straight and why a fat person might prefer to be thin, because in our culture, there are benefits to being at the top of the hierarchy, individual benefits. But that doesn't mean that that woman is not actually uh, supporting the patriarchy, because she, she is. So I'm not going to be mad at her, I'm not going to judge her individually, but I am going to acknowledge, yes, this is based on her desire to uphold, to um, basically it's like to make your captors happy, you know? She may be deciding to uphold the objectification of women for her own benefit, and that means that she is upholding a system that oppresses women. Like, it's both. So with weight, it's also both. And, you know, we can even think about this racially in terms of um, whether or not the upholding of the system is going on. You know, I mean, if we think about uh, people of color who attempt to look more white, we can absolutely acknowledge why they might want to do that. In a white supremacist culture, they might want more privilege. Um status and power and uh, money and safety. There's all kinds of reasons why a person might individually want to look more white, why they might get procedures done to their eyelids or to their hair or to their body type or to their facial structure in order to uh, uh, look to the outside as if they are more white or, you know, the skin tinting. There's so much, there's so much we can point to and say, 
that is an individual choice. There's nothing wrong with the person who chooses to do it. They are not a bad person. They are just doing what they have to do. And they are upholding white supremacy by doing it, right? I think we can hold both. I think that we are complicated enough to be able to hold both, that I am not attacking anyone for their individual choices because I believe in bodily autonomy above everything. But I do think it's absurd to not acknowledge how an individual's choices can uphold a system of oppression, that by pursuing the top of a hierarchy, we are actively participating in the wounding of people at the bottom. So yeah, so is it fat phobic to try to lose weight? I would say it upholds the anti-fat bias, so sure. Is it, does it mean anything bad about the person who's doing it? No, not necessarily. And can we all maybe have a little bit more of a thoughtful discussion in this in-between space? Another thing that I see sometimes is um, personal trainers who get really upset because they'll say things like, um, oh, the... <laughs> progressive woke left wants you to believe that uh, trying to lose weight means you hate yourself. And they believe that trying to lose weight is an individual choice, right? It's an individual freedom and they, they don't think that should be stepped on in any way. And, and I understand it too, because first of all, again, bodily autonomy against everything else, um, people should be allowed to do whatever they want. And I don't think they should be judged for it. If people want to try to lose weight, fine. <laughs> is fine. However, it's also true that a lot of people who are trying to lose weight are doing it from a place of shame and uh, not feeling worthy as people or trying to earn a feeling that they want in the world through their body because they don't feel fundamentally worthy otherwise or good enough. So like we can hold both of those things. And also, it has to be said, there are some people who can absolutely change their bodies using diet and exercise without any repercussions um, around body image or self-love or any of those things because they're just not linked for them. I used to train guys who had no body image issues whatsoever. They were like, I think I might just, I think I'm going to stop eating ice cream, you know, and I think maybe I'll go on a jog every once in a while. And then bam, their bodies changed and they were like, oh, that's cool. Thanks. You know, like, great. But it wasn't tied to their sense of worth. So it didn't, it didn't have this big, heavy, negative impact of, oh, I hate myself because I, I look different. You know, it was more like, oh, that's very cool. And frankly, I think changing the body through diet and exercise is cool. Like scientifically, it's very interesting. I always found it interesting when I worked in the fitness industry. I still think the science of it is really interesting. But again, we have to acknowledge that so many people, especially women and femmes, are taught to link their appearance with their worth and their value in the world and their ability to be safe and their ability to get their needs met. And therefore, it has way bigger implications than just changing how they look. And it goes deep to the root of um, how they see themselves as people, especially when we take into account the objectification factor. They see themselves as being decoration for the pleasing of others, particularly the male gaze, and therefore they have to lose weight in order to be desirable, in order to have worth, in order to stay safe and get their needs met. I mean, they can do whatever they want, but often that is the background. So when someone says, oh, you know, 
don't come after me woke left like I help people lose weight because that's what they want to do that's totally valid and also they want to do that because of the culture we live in so it may not be up to those people in that moment to have a conversation about the culture we live in I mean it's my job (laughs) with my clients but like it's still I think it needs to be acknowledged and also we can acknowledge both so I feel like with the weight loss being a part of the anti-fat bias is very similar. You know, nobody's trying to take away your right to try to lose weight. Nobody is going to literally keep you from dieting. You can and you should do whatever you want with your body. However, we do want to have we the, um, I would call body liberation, fat acceptance, and anti-diet movement supporters. Um, We want for everybody to have the actual... Uh, neutrality of mindset to make a clear decision for themselves because most people don't have that because they haven't been allowed to have that because their conditioning has been so impacted by these hierarchies and the pursuit of status, privilege, power, and worth. I would just wish for everybody who ever went on a diet to do so from a place of knowing absolutely deep down in their hearts that they were worthy and good and uh, able to get their needs met either way. And then if they wanted to try to lose weight, I, I would celebrate that, you know, like, cool. If that was the world we lived in, there would really not be an issue. But it's not because most people are never introduced to that concept because it is so uh, deeply, deeply embedded in their minds that thin is better. Fat is worse. Thin is good. Fat is bad. All of these things go to their character, to their worth to their sense of self-respect, to their um, ability to get their needs met in the world and to be treated kindly and uh, equally, you know? Like the world, the society is the problem. The conditioning, the um, oppressive systems are the problem. But that means that people like me are out here being like, hey, can we just bring some light to these systems? And then individuals are like, you can't take away my rights. And, you know... We don't want to. We just want everybody to know what's going on when they make decisions for themselves and not be operating from a place of that default false conditioning we've learned about what bodies mean. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's basically everything I have to say about that. I also could absolutely get into the topic of how diets don't work. So um, it is a little bit like the sort of gay conversion camp therapy type deal. Like it doesn't work. You can't make gay people straight through religious cleansing. You just can't. Science won't let you. You can't. So is it ethical to let people try? I don't think so. But is it, should the person, the individual person have the freedom to make that choice for themselves? Sure. If they want to pursue a type of therapy that does not work in the hopes of becoming someone different, I wouldn't stop them. I would certainly question the ethics of anyone offering a treatment that doesn't work. That's pretty sketch. And likewise, I am not judging people who, who want to lose weight, who are going on diets. I am judging people who sell diet books, who um, you know invent new ways of manipulating people into thinking that diets will work for them. That's super sketch, right? So, yeah, I feel like that's kind of veering off into a whole other topic. I think I'm going to leave it there for today. 
Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Um, If you want to ask me questions or submit topics, you can use the link that I will include in the show notes. Um, You can let me know what you want to hear about. I will be happy to consider any and all topics and questions. You can also find me on Instagram at Jesse Neeland. Um, And if you love my free content, you can support me on Patreon or buymecoffee.com, buymeacoffee.com. If you want to just like leave a little love for the, the free content that I put out for you. And that's everything. Thank you so much for listening. And I will be back next week. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.